Africa is the world's second largest and second most populous continent after Asia. At about 30.3 million square kilometers, including that of adjacent islands, it covers 6% of the Earth's total surface area and 20% of its land area. With 1.3 billion people as of 2018, it accounts for about 16% of the world's human population. Now, it contains 54 fully recognized sovereign states or countries, eight territories and two de facto independent states with limited or no recognition whatsoever. And the majority of the continent and its countries are in the Northern Hemisphere with a substantial portion and number of countries in the Southern Hemisphere. Like myself today, I'm out in South Africa and we are in the Southern Hemisphere uh, just below the equator. Now, with that, it brings about complexities of different histories, different tribes, different cultures, different languages, and interesting stories. And that's why we're zooming in on the African continent for the next couple of episodes for Season 3 of the Social Impact Podcast. And today is no exception because we have another interesting African with an exceptional personal story to tell and that is a story of one South African by the name of Amy Louise. Uh, Amy, thank you so much for taking the time to chat to me today on the Social Impact Podcast. What is your African story? Thank you so much for having me on your podcast, Keenan. I am looking forward to it. I am originally from Kenwin, Cape Town. I have lived there all my life till about May 2017. I'm now living in Tableview with my partner Shane and I absolutely love it here. I do from time to time miss Kenwin, especially because my parents still live there. But what I love most about Tableview is that it's a close-knit community and everything that I need is close by. Plus having the beach down the road is an added bonus. Um, it's one of my favorite places to go to. Um, and Cape Town's beaches never disappoints. I mean, it's incredibly amazing to go for a walk on the beach after after work and just, um, you know, calm down from the day. And it's just, it's so relaxing. So that's one of my favorites. I think if I think of myself as somebody who might have lived close to the beach and I've never, ever lived close to the beach. I know that I used to go holidaying out close to the beach. And I have to tell you, it's very, very cold. And being out in the table view area as well. If you don't know where table view is and you might be listening to us from uh, some other part of the world or some other part of South Africa, table view is just along the Atlantic side of uh, Cape Town. The Cape Town area, the Atlantic Gulf, it's very, very cold down there. Um, I know that if we go for a swim or sometimes we'll just go for a chill on the beach because the water is too mighty cold. It's it's freezing. If I dip my foot in there, it feels like my toes going to fall off. But but Amy, uh, that's that's an experience that you have experienced, and an experience that I not necessarily want to go through. But if we're talking about experiences, um, for the past couple of episodes that we were running this season, season three of the Social Impact Podcast, and focusing on Africa. It is evident that the experiences that you have gone through as a young South African is particularly not necessarily the same experience that somebody else has gone through because what you had experienced is not the same as 
the experiences I've gone through. So the difficulties and the challenges you might have is not the same as the difficulties and the challenges that uh, Merville spoke of yesterday or what Dorcas spoke on the day before that or what Mawonga spoke of prior to that. Um, me as a South African, I have my issues, I have my difficulties, I have the challenges and I have the the days where I find it difficult to hold my head up high to be able to do, sit behind this microphone to do these podcasts and to just remain positive because there might be so much bad stuff going on in my life and I just have to say, okay, I need to do this because we have to hear an interesting story. So talking about those challenges, talking about those difficulties, what are some of the challenges and the difficulties you had gone through as a South African, um, as a young South African, as a born free, classified as a born free? And what are also some of your uh, fond childhood memories? As mentioned, I grew up in Kenwin. I loved where I lived and I'm so blessed that I can still visit my childhood home as my parents are still living there. The greatest challenges that I faced growing up was my epilepsy. It was and still is a challenge at times for me. I was born with a clubbed foot and at 12 I was born, the doctors had to try and rectify my foot. Because I was only 12 hours born, they could not give me anesthetic and thus they had to try and twist my foot to get it right while I was awake. No one knows what caused my epilepsy, but my parents and I think that my epilepsy stemmed from that. The trauma of my clubbed foot. I had uh, three operations on my foot before I turned six. And when I was around six, when I was around that age, my parents had only just found out that I had epilepsy. It made sense because... They always wondered why I would fall out the bed at night and, you know, wet the bed. They thought that um, it was normal for children at that age to, you know, wet the bed or maybe fall out the bed. Um, but then I started having seizures in, in class. I was in either grade one or in, or in pre preschool. But my teacher had told my parents that she thinks I've got epilepsy because I was quite distant and I was, you know, having seizures. My parents took me to the doctor and the doctor diagnosed me with, with epilepsy. Um, most of my primary school career is a bit of a blur, but I can remember vividly being teased and bullied while struggling to keep up with basic schoolwork. I had many seizures in the classroom and most of the girls in my class um, had teased me for wetting myself because when I had a seizure, I would wet myself or throw up. Um, it was a horrible experience. I missed a lot of my first year in grade one and... I was kept back. It was a good thing for me to be kept back so that I could learn what I had missed from the previous year. You see, I had I had missed too much of grade one and it just made sense that to keep me to keep me back so that I could learn what I had missed. I still really struggled 
to keep up in a mainstream school. I was in a class of like 34 and it was quite difficult for me to keep up. Um, I left that school and I I left to go to Vistanova in grade 4. And it was probably one of the best things that my mom and dad could have ever done for me. Fine, I felt finally I was among other people or other children who had similar challenges to me. Um, and I made some really good friends. I think one of the best things about Vistanova is that no matter who you are or what challenges you are facing, you are all treated as an equal. I never felt like an equal at my old school. I was always an outcast. And I think that if I'd stayed, I would have become a very sad person. Um, Vistanova was really great for me. Um, and I really excelled in my school career. It was really brilliant for me. It really did wonders. My seizures were under control and I didn't have any seizures for many, many years. It was only up until I turned 17, I had to go and have my wisdoms removed. I was put under anesthetic, but unfortunately I woke up during the end when they were stitching up my gums. It was an extremely painful experience, one that I probably will never forget. Um, a year or two later, when I started university, my seizures began again. Um... You see, when I was a teenager, I was weaned off my medication because I hadn't had seizures in years. Um, and then I had my wisdoms removed, as I mentioned. But when I started university, my seizures came back. It was truly devastating. Um, it's, it's one of the most horrifying things that can happen to someone um yeah I felt like I was being put back in primary school again it was quite tough but the seizures that I was having uh now um in university were grand mal seizures which is a lot worse than what I had in primary school as those were petty mal seizures um, I had to go back to the doctor and they immediately put me back on my epileptic medication. I only had two grand mal seizures in that year. Um, I continued to go to university and I think I did quite well. I had a really good support system from um, the university. I went to CPUT. Um, my family, my friends, Everyone was just really, really supportive and that helped me get through everything. I'm still on my epileptic medication. Um, it's also highly unlikely that I'll come off the medication as I've relapsed before and we don't want to take the chance of my seizures coming back. But I've got lots of you know, tips and tricks that help me get through taking my medication. I do, there's a bit of um, side effects but it's not that bad um, I I cope quite quite well with it, with the medication despite my challenges that I have had I've been very fortunate I have been so 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 blessed I have the world's best parents 
they've supported everything that I've done. Um, I'm really blessed. They put me in a great school and they helped me, they helped form me into what I am today. My favorite childhood memories have got to be baking with my mom, reading with her or listening to the stories that she made up for me and taking the train into town with her when I would go with her to work sometimes. With my dad, it was when he took me to school every morning and he would sing You Are My Sunshine. And he would also he would also help me and talk to me about things that I was going through. He was very uh, helpful in in that sense. I also lived with my granny and my favorite me- memory with her was playing rummy cup with her and watching all the soapies together. I love my family and I'm so grateful that I'm blessed with them. I'm also really blessed to have Shane, my partner, who is supportive and loves me unconditionally. I'm glad that you are talking about people who support you and people who love you unconditionally. You're talking about your parents that you're very blessed to have in your life. And you're also talking about your partner, Shane, who's there. And uh, kudos to them for doing that because it's very rare in the society we find ourselves in today where people are supportive and loving. And it's also a mentality that we need to change and we need to alter. That's why we're doing things like this, the Social Impact Podcast, to challenge societal norms, the way that people are so used to doing certain things, to changing to a way of doing things differently in a sense of getting and thinking outside of the box. And that's what Merville touched on yesterday, talking about, okay, we need to think outside of the box. Don't wait for somebody else to to give you something. Don't wait for somebody else to give you a job. Create your own if you're able to do that. And think outside of the box to be able to be creative and talk about that creativity. And Amy, as South Africans, we have that mindset as well, where many people are imprisoned in the the pain and the torment and everything that went with it of the past. And when it comes to apartheid, it's also something that has held people back, but it's also a mindset that we need to go through as well and say, uh, we can't always blame apartheid for doing certain things. It's a mindset and it's a shift that we need to get ourselves out of as well. It's difficult in some communities. I do understand that. I've worked in those communities and I've come from those communities as well, where there are people who grow up and live in broken homes where uh, it's single parented, they are raised by their grandparents, homes where uh, the parents are alcoholics or drug addicts or involved in gangs, broken homes and it's just a cycle of things and it just adds that difficulty of the life that our young people and uh, women especially need to go through as South Africans. It's a it's a vicious cycle and it's a cycle that some people go through over and over and over and over again and their children will go through it because no one's there to help them change that mindset of telling them, okay, I love you, I support you, you can achieve your dreams. And it's good that you have that support structure in place, but also getting that reality and that understanding that it's not a reality in many households, sadly so. And if we look at South Africa and we look at some of the problems that South Africa is faced with, 
to you as Amy, you have a different perspective to the perspective that I have. And that's something we spoke about earlier, the challenges, the difficulties. What are some of the things that you think we as a country are going through that's that's really challenging us, that's really making things difficult for us as a nation to move forward effectively? At this present moment in time, there are a few, especially now that we are dealing with COVID-19. Although it is a worldwide pandemic, it's going to disrupt our economy. Already our education and jobs are currently on pause while we are in lockdown. This is not good for our, for our current state of affairs. Our education system is crippling. Schools are being torched and many children cannot afford basic school supplies. Some children go to school hungry and that cannot be healthy for their brains. It's vital that you have enough energy to learn and absorb all the information that you are learning. Our school standards are dropping every year and it is so worrying. As the poor standards of education, it makes it hard for pupils who are leaving school to become productive and proactive in the economy. Our healthcare system is under so much pressure. There are so many people who are sick and need proper care to get better. I do believe that our government is doing what they can to assist our healthcare system, but that's not enough. More needs to be done. We as a nation need to come together and help where we can. High unemployment and low income is at the hub of many of the socio-economic development challenges that South Africa is currently facing. Amy, I like how you are talking about the fact that government's doing what they can to be able to assist the healthcare system as much as it can, especially when it comes to this pandemic, which has its grip on the South African, not just the economy, but also on its people as well, because we're seeing on a daily basis, hundreds upon hundreds of people uh, through the stats that's coming out daily, that many, many people are getting infected with COVID-19 and many others sadly are losing their lives because of it. And you rightly say that government's doing what they can and the healthcare system and the healthcare service and the fraternity, many, many healthcare facilities are strained because not just because of COVID-19, but because of corruption of the past and corruption presently, and also because of a lack of supplies and because of certain things, they're unable to have the equipment, the medical supplies that they need, uh, gloves, face masks, things that they need to function correctly as a medical uh, service provider for its patients and for, for the citizens of this country and to work effectively. And you rightly put it that we as the citizens of South Africa, we need to come together and stand together to be able to see that we'll be able to move forward into our socio-economic as well as our healthcare uh, system. And we're finding in many, many communities, especially since this lockdown has been instituted, Yesterday, when President Sol Ramaphosa addressed the nation, he thanked us as citizens for adhering to and abiding by the laws and also the lockdown restrictions. Some of us are, but when you go into other communities, we're finding that people are living the good life. It's like it's a holiday. It's a festive season. 
for the past five weeks, people are still interacting with one another. Uh, social distancing is not a thing in their vocabulary. And we're also finding that people are still partying, people are getting together uh and it's just continuing that spread of the virus because people are traveling from place to place, from their home to somebody else's home, interacting, going on, not abiding by social distancing norms. And uh, it's just it's just really, really sad. And we're talking about South Africa. We talk about the African continent. And this is a focus that we are doing on the Social Impact Podcast to focus on Africa. And this is a question I've asked many of my previous guests in the other episodes and talking about South Africans getting together and Africans getting together as a continent. To you as Amy Louise, think we can do differently to build up our continent as Africa? I believe that Africa is a unique continent and exceptionally creative. We create such beautiful things and I think that creativity needs to be brought into our education, health system and our socio-economic situation. Africa really needs support groups. When you bring people together in one room or via virtual conferencing, amazing things happen. We need more of these networking events so that our people can come together and work on solutions to making our countries a better place for all. I strongly believe that every person has a unique skill and talent that can be of benefit. If we can all bring something to the table like a skill, talent or support, this is how we can bring the right people to the forefront and turn our problems into solutions that work. Especially schools, they need support. We need to think out of the box and help where we can. Perhaps businesses can offer internships and bursaries. These can help fill the gaps among disadvantaged South Africans. Parents need to also be at the forefront of all of this, being as involved as possible in their child's education, keeping track of your child's progress, doing homework with them and helping them with things that they are having difficulty with or attend PTA meetings and engage with the school at every level possible. Do what you can to help benefit your child's education is what we need in our country for our future. To better our healthcare system, I feel that more people are required. We need more programs to be available for people who are genuinely interested in working in healthcare and caring for others. Offering internships or having a volunteer program available for people to get involved, that could work. Our healthcare system needs all the help it can get. Our high unemployment and low income rate. I do believe that the solution is for government to step in and address the issue of a reasonable minimum wage. I am aware that the government is also looking into funding and advancing small business startups. By doing this, we can create more jobs for our people. The more individual entrepreneurs that start up their businesses can also then create more jobs for for people. Lastly, we need to stand together. We need to help one another and create a new cycle that can help our socioeconomic situation. Amy, if you have been following our previous episodes on this focus on Africa and as we're trying to tell the African stories that I like ending off with asking, asking my guests on what an African and who an African is to them. So lastly, Amy, 
to you as Amy Louise, a South African living, working and uh, just existing on the African continent, what or who is an African to you? Wow. Honestly, I have no idea where to start on this question. There are so many. Um, Unique, supportive, friendly and kind. Being an African to me means that no matter what life has dealt, dealt us with, as South Africans or Africans have the most unique way to come together and support one another through anything. No other country or continent in this world comes together the way that we do. Us South Africans can take a horrible situation and turn it into something good. We take the negativity away and we put a positive spin on things. It helps us cope and it turns a bad situation into something great. It's being friendly and kind. Our nation is one of the friendliest in the world. And I love that I can strike up a conversation with almost anybody, whether it's in the bus, on the street, in the shop. Everyone is just so helpful, friendly and kind. Um, One story that I've got is um, when I started taking the bus to work um, a couple of years ago, I got so lost. It was my first time. I was taking the My City bus. And this really kind lady came up to me and said, you, you look lost. Can I help you? And I said, yes, please. And I told her, um, you know, where I was going. And she helped me. And she showed me where to go. She helped me get to my destination safely. And to this day, we are still friends. I still take the bus with her from time to time she's an amazing person and like her there are so many other Africans out there who are exactly the same I feel that that is in our nature Um, and that is one of the main reasons why I love being an African Um, I've always been a positive person but I think that is due to me being an African and I think it will always stay with me I will never want to to not be positive. Um, it's just something that I've got. And that's because I'm South African. That's Amy Louise there sharing her African story with us today. Amy is a South African living and working in Cape Town and grew up in a part of Cape Town known as Kenwyn, which is a sub-district of the Cape Town Metropole. Uh, Amy, thanks so much for chatting to me today on the Social Impact Podcast. Keenan, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. It's been such an honor. I've really enjoyed this. Thank you so much. And just like that, we are at the end of the week again. It is Friday the 24th of April 2020. I thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Social Impact Podcast Season 3, the focus on Africa and African stories. And I thank every one of my guests for this past week. It's Mawonga, Dorcas, Merville and Amy, the four guests we had this week. And we're back again on Monday with another interesting African story. If you missed any of our episodes of the Social Impact Podcast on African stories or you'd like to listen to our social distancing series all our podcasts are uploaded onto our website which is kwmedia.life 
Give it a visit and you can listen to all our previous interviews as well as podcasts over there and also read some of our information packs if you'd like. Uh, If you have an interesting story of your own you'd like to share with me, I'd really like to hear from you. You can get my details on our website, kwmedia.life. And what I'd like you to do for me is a big, big favor because we are a family and we are a community together. Um, I would like you to take this podcast. I'd like you to subscribe to it on the channel you're listening to us on or to subscribe to and become a member of the family on our website, kwmedia.life and to share this with your friends as well because we have to grow this community, we have to grow this family and the only way to do this is through word of mouth and uh, at the moment we are under lockdown as South Africans and any many many other parts of the world as well under strict lockdown measures so the word of mouth might not work but social media is is booming at the moment so if you are able to share this with your friends on whatsapp on facebook on instagram on twitter on whatever other form of social media you're using we will really really appreciate this Uh, we have grown if i can just give you a little bit of a background we have grown as a podcasting community but also as an online media platform from last week where we had about 30 to 50 hits to this past week with African stories kicking off I think that it's really working well and people are enjoying it and there's lots of traction going on uh, to 300 is the most amount of clicks that we had on our website with many many people playing and downloading the podcast so I do thank you for that and I thank every one of my guests I do appreciate it I do appreciate the conversations I do appreciate the talk I do appreciate the honesty and also for digging deep within yourself and uh, just being truthful and being vulnerable to someone sitting behind a microphone interviewing you and uh, talking about something which might be very personal to you that you are sharing not only to a community in your area or in your country but for a global audience so I thank you very much so do share the podcast with your friends and if you haven't yet uh, subscribe to it and also to follow us on all forms of social media at KWM socials that's at KWM socials so till next week Monday I'll be back again with more interesting African stories to share with you from myself Keenan Williams keep rocking essay bye bye <laughs>